0: Like people can actually hear me uh, and see me. I'm everywhere. Good, great, awesome. Uh, I figured out that the reason you couldn't hear me before is because my microphone was uh, off. So that's a little inside secret uh, for people who plan on broadcasting in the future. Just turn on the mic, and then you're you're set. You're all good to go. Uh, a little inside baseball. Let me know if it's a little too technical. I know I can bore people with technical stuff. So here I am, Uh, we're gonna be talking tonight, uh, deep in bear country, Berenstain, BearCast. Uh, I've been recording for five minutes and this is going to be a heck of an editing job. I'll just skim off that first five minutes. Uh, Right now I see we have Nicholas, we have Jennifer, we have Brian, we are, we're rolling. That's an audience, that's a crowd. If there's more people in the audience than there are on stage, your goal. That's the rule. It's the theater rule. So I'm going to get this show on the road. This is not a typical episode of Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. Originally, I was going to just talk about one of the books because I have a book to talk about. I have a lot of books to talk about. Instead, uh, I started getting to thinking about stuff, uh, stuff that was bothering me about some stuff I had actually said on a previous episode of Deep in Bear Country, and one thing led to another, and my mind started getting out of control, and... I guess what I want to say is this episode is kind of a correction or a retraction or a redesignation because previously I had made the erroneous statement that the bears in bear country uh, were by necessity grizzly bears. Uh, I had a guest on and we were discussing the name grizzly, we were discussing the name bear and how the grizzlies and the bears had this sort of like historical rivalry with each other and my guest said, oh, so are the grizzlies the only grizzlies in bear country? And then the bears are just another type of bear. And I was like, no, 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 no. Last names don't necessarily designate your race or your creaturehood. I I really wasn't sure like what kind of language to use right there, but I was like, well, a baker isn't necessarily someone named Baker and people named Baker aren't the only people allowed to be named, to be bakers in the world. And, uh, you know, like if, if, if your last name is White, that doesn't mean that you're the only white people in the world. There could be white people who aren't named White. And I was, thought I was being pretty clever with my, you know, like the way I played around with words. Yeah, and Brian Skinner says that he hasn't skinned anything that we know of. So, you know, that right there. And it, your last name doesn't necessarily designate what you do, and it also doesn't mean you're you're the only one allowed to have that designation. So, I was I was on a cloud. I was Just riding high on how just wonderfully smart I was being. And then I started thinking that this was troubling and I was acting a little troubling because in the Berenstain Bear books, we have learned that there are certain classifications of animals that come in and out of the narrative. And... Even though all the bears in bear country appear to be the same type of bear, it doesn't necessarily stand to reason that they are all grizzly bears. And so I started thinking too hard about it, which is what I do because that's the point of this show. And I decided that in order to discuss this further, I was gonna need to speculate on the subject of race and racial identity and species and taxonomy and racism, and prejudice, and social identification, and I'm in no way qualified to speak about any of these things. So instead, I'm just gonna flail around and throw out some ideas, and muddy the waters even further, and hope that people have some ideas to throw at me as well. I'm gonna say some stuff that might not make any sense, and I'm gonna say some stuff that might be wrong, and I hope people correct me. If you're at the zoo, and you're against the window and you're looking at the bear enclosure and you're you're looking at, at like the big brown bears, the grizzly perhaps grizzly bears. If you're looking at if you're looking at the brown bears, and somehow the Berenstain bears, like the cartoon characters, have entered into our world and uh Penetrated the reality of this actual veil of tears, and are and are walking down the 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 hallway towards you, and you you're you're looking at the real bears and you're looking at the Berenstain bears. You're not going to confuse the two. You're not going to say there's some bears and there's some bears. You're going to say there's some bears, and then you're going to scream a lot because there's these weird cartoon things coming at you, uh, even though they're supposed to be the same thing. You realize that the Berenstains don't draw actual anatomical bears. These are an idea that are supposed to represent people. And as they are supposed to represent people, they're also supposed to represent race and prejudice and the social ideas that we live with. So if we don't see those differences among bears, I'm sure the Berenstain bears see differences that we can't perceive. It's 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 very weird. I'm getting to a point The question is, how do the bears in bear country perceive race in the first place? Now, there is this book. Brian Skinner mentioned it. Uh, It's called The Berenstain Bears and the New Neighbors, or The Berenstain Bears and New Neighbors. I don't remember which. I'm not going to go look it up. I did an episode on it, which you have never heard, because it is lost and gone and private. And I'm sorry if anyone was interested, In hearing me discuss this most famous of Berenstain Bears books with a panel of guests, but it's gone. It's lost to the mists of time, and you will never hear it discussed on this show, and I don't have the energy to do it again because it was a big endeavor, and it's gone now. But anyway, the book itself concerned a family moving into the house uh, across the street from the Bear family, and Papa Bear didn't take very kindly to the presence of these new bears solely based on the fact that they were different. And by different, I mean they were Chinese. And by Chinese, I mean they were coded to be Chinese by making them pandas, by dressing them in what can be only described as cartoonish, traditional Chinese outfits, like in a way, like a way that would register as, okay, they're supposed to be from China, I guess. They were, uh, growing bamboo, they were shown to be culturally different, their food was different, and they were pandas and giant pandas. And I mean not, not like giant pandas, but like literally like giant pandas. Like don't they're not red pandas. They're you know you're you're giant panda. You're you're panda. It's a panda. And again, they were quite clearly coded as Chinese by the Baron stains. And Papa didn't trust them. But in the end, as things happened, he tasted some of their food and he found out that they were worth having around. And then they had a cookout and the pandas disappeared forever from the history of bear country. We never saw them again. They never bothered to interact with the bears again. They were just gone uh, forever from the continuity. We never had to worry about the panda family again. But I bring up the Berenstain Bears and New Neighbors to make the point that clearly in the world of bear country, species is a stand in for race. More or less, at least as far as the bears are concerned. It's not really a one-to-one thing, because obviously the bears have encountered other non-bear characters who contribute to the community, Um, although we've seen them appear less and less as the books go on, as we've talked about. Pandas being bears themselves are still recognizably a part of the greater bear community. However, their features are distinct enough to set them apart. From what we see as the majority population of bear country. So Here we have characters who cannot disguise their origins, not that they want to disguise their origins, but like they they clearly stand out as being designated the other in bear country. Um, They stand out amongst their fellow bears and uh, they provide an easy shorthand for children's book authors and illustrators who want to designate race. Uh, Pandas equal the others. And that's an easy, if extremely problematic, one-to-one for race. Bears, pandas are bears, but they're different bears. Pandas are bears, but they come from a land far, far away. Pandas are bears, but they eat food not native to bear country. So, all of the bears in bear country, at least the ones that we see and interact with on a regular basis, are brown bears, not, as I've stated before, grizzly bears. And this is a vital and important distinction. Because anyone who knows anything about bears, and you would think... That included me at this point, more than two and a half years on doing a show about bears. But you would think that anyone who knows anything about bears would know that while grizzly bears are brown bears, not all brown bears are grizzly bears. And this is vital. This is important. This is where the entire history of bear country finds its hinge and its foundation in race, in species, and in taxonomy. Uh, So brown bears are just sort of a general species that contain many many subspecies and what is a subspecies? It's sort of an informal designation. Uh, The reading I've done on it, there's, you know, like some scientists are like, yes, subspecies. They, it can't be proven with like uh, genetic testing. It's just sort of this thing that people decide upon based on, uh, you know, like uh, the appearance and location and the way the animals interact with each other and the way they interact with, uh, uh, with the environment and historically what we, what we think about them and, so there's all these different subspecies of brown bear, and grizzly is the one that we see in North America. So, you know, it would you know make sense that we would think, oh, the bear is in bear country, live in North America-ish, and so they must be grizzly bears. But could they also be, you know, Kodiak bears? Because Kodiak bears live in Alaska, and they aren't as numerous as grizzly bears, but there are a lot of Kodiak bears. Um, they're slightly larger, but that would mean that—I guess what I'm saying is, are the grizzlies— in the grizzly family we're talking squire grizzly we're talking two tall grizzly we're talking two ton grizzly we're talking uh all of uh, you know we're talking bonnie brown we're talking all those people on that side of the of the of the of the bear versus grizzly argument and then the bears are the grizzlies grizzly bears and are the bears kodiak bears or some other type of brown bear i don't know if that's a a question that we can necessarily answer but it's definitely one that the Berenstain's have inadvertently raised. Uh, We do know uh, that there are that there are ancient bears. We do know that there is there is this bear who lives up in great grizzly mountains called Big Paw and that he's a descendant or cryptid leftover zoological phenomenon of of uh, like prehistoric bears. He lives in a cave. And we also know that today's brown bears are something of a descendant of cave bears. Like, the actual, there was actual bear designated the cave bear. That was this prehistoric bear that coexisted with human beings, yada, yada, yada. We've discovered fossils. Anyway, so, so we have this sort of, like, interesting dichotomy of, of, of the grizzly bear, the brown bear, the cave bear. We have proof of the cave bear because Big Paw is, exists, and he's there, and he's larger than all the rest of them. Um and Christy uh, asks, did they have a clan? We have referred heard clans be referred to. So was there a clan of the cave bear in the history of bear country? There definitely was a clan of the cave bear. There also was a clan of the grizzly and a clan of the bear bear. The clan of the bear bear. Um, uh, Emily has asked, uh, are Kodiaks mean? I would assume that I think all bears are mean. I think they all like kill things with their teeth. And in on the base level of my life, like the basic level at which I live, things that would kill me with their teeth, uh, I just call them mean. Those are just mean things. Um, uh, John says that biolo- biologists disagree on whether pandas are bears or raccoons. Right, but modern biology tends to t- is tends far more towards bears than raccoons. The raccoons thing was more erroneous when we thought that pandas were related more to red pandas, which we realize that they are not. Emily says that black bears are gentle, gentle unless you threaten them, and we're not going to get into black bears just yet, although that's a thing. In the last book we read, we discovered that there were such thing as polar bears. There's a city in bear country called Polar Bear City, and if there is a Polar Bear City, then we know that the the way bears are divided up uh, species-wise or subspecies-wise uh, is is somewhat similar to the way our Earth bears are, because, or, I mean, they live on Earth, but the, our Earth, our Earth, the bears on our Earth, in our reality, we, we understand that the way these bears function uh, down to the years, I'm just going to assume that, like, somewhere in Bear, like, way back in history, like, our like, the, the the things that would have become humans just didn't evolve, or they just fell off, or they died, and we don't deal with them anymore. The primates just kind of disappeared. Um, but because polar bears are this, like, very close, recent, historically, like, evolutionarily speaking, uh, relative of grizzly bears, th- we know that—and and other brown bears— uh, we know that there was this. There must have been this recent split in in bear history that bec- where they became polar bears and moved up moved up to the to the northern the northern climes. Um, Ron asks, uh, does the Berenstain Bears address hibernation? And you know what? They don't. I think the only time we've ever had hibernation addressed was in uh, a storybook uh, where the bears are reading stories. I think that that was addressed, but I'm not sure if that's an official Berenstain Bear storybook. Uh, Yes, so the Berenstain Bears are like... Uh, the Lizard Planet in the Super Mario Brothers movie is kind of exactly what it is. Uh, it's a planet where the bears evolved into the intelligent, the dominant life form. Uh, Christie mentions that they have Christmas. Yes, of course they have Christmas because somewhere in bear history, I mean, there is a bear Jesus. Uh, we've seen the bear Bible. There is a bear picture Bible. There's a bear. There's a book of Berenstain Bear stories, a Bible stories. You can buy it at the store. You can go on Amazon right now and order the Berenstain Bears Bible. It's fully illustrated. There's Bible stories in it. So. Uh, yeah i mean their their history closely parallels our own and we have to th- we have to assume that a lot of the size differences between kodiak's and grizzly bears was done away with through intermarriage like they may mention that like there was a lot of intermarriage between the two families between the two clans as they say um but species isn't a great distinguishing characteristic for race because at the end of the day you're drawing some pretty hard lines uh, between animals. You're drawing parallels between animals and humans. You're drawing parallels between the way creatures behave and the way human beings behave and see each other. There's something very othering accidentally in comparing humans to animals. Um, plus, while there are genetic tests that can determine our lineage, the concept of race, as we know, is variable and a constantly redefined construct, uh, as Ron mentioned earlier in the in the thread. He said,, uh, you know, race isn't something that is easily defined. I mean, biological race is a thing that you can study, but, As far as we're concerned with racism and uh, the designation of race as we teach our children, it's a very different thing, and there's a danger in assigning an animal to a race. Plus, When you start getting down to that level of nitpicking we're talking a lot of stuff based on appearance and geographical location and socially accepted differences that may not be based on actual empirical data uh, with no actual basis in genetic classification Uh, so john points out that technically species divide is when animals cannot produce offspring which which also brings up another interesting point which is if species are being used as a designation for race, that doesn't hold water with what race means to human beings. It doesn't, race isn't, isn't two different animals. Race is two groups of people who may or may not look different from each other, who may or may not come from different geographical locations in their ancestry. And when you set it up so that there are panda bears moving in across the street from uh, the bears you're you're saying this other race this this unfairly judged group of people is actually a genetically incompatible creature to the to the animals that are judging them uh, Ron asks can grizzly bears and pandas breed with each other can they make granda bears or prizzlies I would request you never use the word prisly on my podcast again Uh, But no, you can't breed a a panda with a grizzly bear. Otherwise, we would have done that. We would have created a race of super cute super bears uh, that would be all over the Internet and there'd be memes aplenty about them. Cappy bears wouldn't even be a thing right now. We'd be looking at these adorable, gigantic bears with perfectly round faces and big eyes and messy hair with giant claws, and uh pandas actually have big faces because they have really powerful mouths to chew all that all that bamboo and and uh and that's that's what panda bears do panda bears can also eat meat people don't even think about that, but without bamboo they they would just eat they eat meat they can eat anything basically they're just bears they're they're bears they they can eat anything they just they They live the way they live because it's in their culture, I guess. So anyway, uh, race and the Berenstain Bears. Um, It's weird. It's weird to – I started thinking about it really a lot and was really just bugged by the notion that I can't make the two ideas necessarily work together. Uh, The idea that a children's book series uses animals – as race to designate race. it 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 rubs me the wrong way, and it makes me feel like we're missing a, a bigger point. Um, but also, it makes me wonder if the 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 background of the great great Grizzly war, the great Grizzly bear and Grizzly war, is based in racial tension. And I'm gonna point to the fact that, Illustration-wise, the Grizzlies were traditionally drawn, traditionally, I mean, it's not, this is, this is a book series created by people. This isn't like, the, the, this, is, this doesn't go back more than a few decades, uh, and it's drawn by the barons. Like, this is, we didn't find these documents. But historically speaking, the Grizzlies were drawn as Confederate soldiers. When you see them, their uniforms are of the Confederacy, and the Bears are drawn uh, as Union soldiers. When they show the great war going on between them, I mean, they fight with sabers and cannons. This is definitely it's a, definitely a civil war XP. It's where we're we're saying like there there is there's, there's bear versions of like Robert E Lee out there. I mean, there's literally. I'm not like joking. I'm not saying like haha Wouldn't it be fun? No, there's actually a bear. I can't remember what they call him, but there's a bear version of Robert E Lee. So this war was fought, and they don't come out and say they they keep they make it a Hatfield as a McCoy type thing. Like it's you know based on. Oh the bears and the grizzlies just don't get along but is it racial and if it's racial is it is it subspecies and if it's subspecies does that work does that make sense i'm i'm curious as to how people watching feel about that like what what you think about that like how does it work using for you Animals as races, as opposed to variations on, I don't know, fur color or just geographical locations like bears from the south versus bears from the west or whatever, like Midwestern bears. I don't know. How does that how does that sit with you? Uh, Ron says, do all the sports teams in the bear world have bear nicknames? Uh, no, they don't. Actually, uh, uh, Emily is yelling at, at, at Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Which is which is funny because that's like Bear is a thing, and in an upcoming book, oh boy, are you gonna get to hear a lot of really weird, really weird bear puns coming up with the bear version of Robert E. Lee? mall Robert E. Lee, if they met, yes, definitely. Um, I can only imagine that Robert E. Lee and Robert E. Lee the bear uh, are, are, are would 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 time cop each other actually if they ran into each other. I can't imagine like they could either of them could survive that. Um, What do the bear country deadheads use for a mascot? That is an interesting question. Doesn't really have anything to do with race. But if you were, uh, I would would assume that their version of the Grateful Dead, and I know that they have a bear version of Iron Butterfly, which is something that we'll be seeing coming up in the future. I would assume that a bear version of the Grateful Dead would use some kind of an- whatever their version of the bear is. A cougar, a, uh, a wildcat, something they find threatening, but relatively uh, common in, 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 in bear campsites. Um, Ron says, using animals as different races seems lazy and prone to stereotyping. It really does! Uh, especially when you when you look at the books that have used like the beavers who are always busy and the rabbits who have so many kids and they never you know like and they just they keep reproducing and just so many kids running around because it it's it's they're they're hacky stereotypes but also they're all true in the world of the bears they're not ever proven to be wrong the beavers are always obsessed with work the rabbits are always reproducing. John says, I think the species thing is dumb, but I also think these books are pretty ham-fisted about most things. They're trying to be simple for kids. And I get that. I get that they're trying to be simple for kids, but it makes, because they're useful as places to start a conversation, the conversation can only ever go so far. And also the way they abandon a lot of the the racially stereotyped characters doesn't do them any favors later on. Especially when they're scrambling for cubs to use, it would have been so useful to have the bear panda cubs uh, as part of the cubs group of friends at Bear Country School because they stand out visually. If nothing else, they don't look like every single other bear cub in these books. Um, Jennifer says, uh, "Would Brother Bear take a knee? Brother Bear would definitely take a knee. Uh, he is the he is the quintessential." Uh, social justice cub. He believes in things, he believes in a very, he has a very strong sense of right and wrong, but he's not a, He's not loudly demonstrative. Sister is the one who would go in fists a swinging and claws a flying, but Brother Bear would uh, would do a form of a, a, a visual but 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 more quiet protest. So I definitely believe that Brother Bear would. It seems something that's right up his alley. He would worry about it before he did it. Uh, let's see. Emily says, "Are there any books that deal with real historical events in a way to teach kids a magic treehouse of Berenstain Bears?" Or if not, it seems like untapped Berenstain Bears market. Uh, but if there are, it, uh i would be interested in seeing how they could possibly represent certain figures without being offensive well as i said before there are actual um historical figures in bear country uh they just they usually have cheesy um berenstain bear-esque variations of the historical figures names but they are historical figures like real historical figures uh from our various wars from from deep history from world history uh, and they do tend to fall along the more stereotypical, uh, this is the way you learned about these characters in 1984 type of, of, of representation. But the weird thing is, is only a few years ago, there was a book where the Berenstain Bears traveled the world. And while it was greatly appreciated by fans of the series, and it was really nicely illustrated, and Mike did a great job, Unfortunately, it was like, here we are in Italy, and they're all in, like, gondolas, and then it's like, here we are in, you know, like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not even going to, like, venture to, like, name all the different places they went, but every place they went was kind of like, yeah, that's the way they kind of represented those places in 1953. Uh, didn't really do a lot for their, I don't know, like, their world image. It just, it seemed kind of not well thought out. And I found it a little less than good. It was less than my favorite Berenstain bear book. Um, But I I agree with John that that discussing race in a children's book is difficult. But I'm saying if you're going to do race, do race within the established dominant type of bear. Do race with the Berenstain style of bear. Have variations on that. Have different have bears of different colors, have bears of different body types and different sizes and you uh, know ways to designate bears outside of throwing in a different animal. Because we've seen like the neighborly skunk who was, you know, he stinks really bad and he's also like kind of hip and with it. And I was like, oh, when I read that, I was like, is that supposed to be like a certain type of person? And who do the beavers represent? And who do the... Uh, Who do the rabbits represent? It feels like if you're going to, because if you're doing it with one animal, it kind of stands to reason you're doing it with every animal. And I can see why they kind of started going away from having different animals in bear country. But then when you throw one in, it really stands out as you're trying to make a point about something. Uh, John says, it seems like part of the problem is the way early chapter books can only go so far. By the time you're old enough for holes, you probably aren't reading Berenstain Bears. I agree with that. But I've also seen them do interesting enough stuff with other subjects uh, from uh, we've covered like from uh, from, you know, prejudice against against uh, different gender, from uh, from the misrepresentation of kids who are in wheelchairs. They've dealt with enough of that stuff in not necessarily always successful, but subtle and distinct enough ways that I feel like they could do race in a way that's not as ham fisted as they've done it. In the past, I, I say they could do, they won't do because right now they are only writing books for very young children, um, and so I think that that's kind of off the table for now, unless Mike has something up his sleeve for retirement. But uh, Ron says uh, it's like if they visited the USA and everybody was a cowboy. They did go to Texas uh, in a book, and everybody uh, was was a cowboy. Um, they well, actually they went to like visit their cousin Tex and everyone was it was all about uh there's oil and rigs and yeehaw and there's horns on the on the cars and uh john says did the berenstain bears ever cover sex ed because the berenstains sure did in the days before the bears yes uh the the berenstains uh in before the berenstain bears were really a thing they had a lot of of the spicier uh, adult comics out there. It's a very 1960s. Uh, we are hip. We are with it. We read magazines in the bathroom, kind of. Not magazines in the bathroom. Like, oh, we have copies of New York Magazine and The New Yorker in the bathroom. Uh, that kind of, like, haha, aren't we uh, intellectual and funny about the way we portray ourselves? Uh, they had those kind of comics. But uh, they did, actually. There's a book called uh, The Birds and the Bees, the birds and the bees and the Berenstain Bears uh they do cover where babies come from it's not explicit obviously but they don't you know they make it they do a lot better job than the Berenstain Bears new baby which is where do babies come from I don't know let's go out into the woods and then when you come back mama's had a baby um Emily, goodbye. She says she's got to go eat and watch the Half-Blood Prince. I totally understand that Harry Potter is not going to wait. Uh, Ron says, in Texas's case, it is 100% accurate that there there is a lot of uh, oil in them there are hills. And there are. I was, I've been in Texas. I lived in Texas for many years, 18 of them. And uh, there are a lot of people in cowboy hats and longhorns on their thing. Uh, not... Everyone, but you know, I, I mean, when I, t- I actually talked, Mike talked about that book, and he said, you know, like he thought it would go over a lot better, but a lot of people didn't like Cousin Tex. He acknowledges that like the 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 Texas oilman, the Southern bumpkin uh, uh, relative isn't exactly the most PC thing in the world that people don't tend to like those characters as much anymore. Um. This is one of those things I got a little bee in my bonnet about. I wanted to talk about race and just kind of throw a few ideas at you. So I'm sorry if it came across as a little scattershot. Uh, next time I do a live show, I'll try to do an actual book book. But uh, this is just one of those things. And it's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on as we go ahead uh, in the future. So thank you to everyone who joined me. I'm sorry that uh, that not you know not everything worked out technically. I don't have... My hands, my fingers on everything that I wish I did. Uh, I was kind of winging it. I didn't realize that things weren't going to work out as well as they did. But I'm still learning how to do this. And it's fun to talk with people about the Berenstain Bears. Uh, So next week, we'll have another chapter book. I think it's the Berenstain Bears and Teen Rock Cafe. It's about the bears and rock and roll and shoplifting and the mall. And what happens when the two combine and kids are misunderstood, and music gets played, and there is a new teacher in bear country. So we'll be talking about that next week. The Berenstain Bears in Teen Rock Cafe. Uh, until then, I'm Phil Gonzalez. You can find me at wordpress.com You can write to me at Bearcast at gmail.com. Go to my Patreon page if and you want to. Patreon forward slash uh, deep in bear country or you can uh, just uh find me anywhere uh twitter at bstain bearcast i have two other podcasts if you're interested it's del toro time where i talk about the movies of guillermo del toro and related ephemera and um john mccoy and i have a podcast called click it cast the beverly cleary podcast through the incomparable network where we talk about the works of beverly cleary i think coming up next is mitch and amy everyone's favorite beverly cleary novel Mitch and Amy. It's got twins named Mitch, oh, and Amy. So, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I will be back next week with a book. And until then, I will see all of you next time deep in a bear country.